Hey, and um, welcome to episode three of the podcast thing that we do. Um, so this week we have Catherine from Fresh, um, great band. They're a band we like a lot. Um, they just put an album out on Specialist Subjects, and it's great, and you should check it out. And at the time that we're recording this, um, we're just about to go to Europe together on tour, which is going to be really fun. I'm excited about that. A little bit daunted because I know I'm going to have to do a bunch of the driving. And uh, that's always stressful because the longer drives than in the UK. But I'm sure that sort of positivity will prevail and we'll get there. And we spoke about loads of different things. There's loads of tangents. It's quite a long one compared to the others. So rather than explain it all here, I'm just going to sort of kick it off. Uh, so something to explain that when the podcast started, I just got a cold call from someone trying to sell me something. So when you join us, I've just put the phone down and that's what we're chatting about. All right. I hate to be on your on your bad mood end you sound like you could be quite scary do you reckon i don't know yeah i don't think so no. I on brought... the phone yeah because you can't see your you and which is like I, I, cold callers get the worst of me yeah but like i'm never that bad actually i'm not i don't think i'm bad at all i just don't like show ultimate kindness <laughs> yeah it's just I like, oh, sorry, bad like sorry this is a bad time like yeah there's no need to ring me again thanks bye yeah it's not but like no, fuck yeah. off <laughs> I think I think it's just you sound sar- a bit sarcastic when you say it, but you're not. You just mean it, and like, yeah. like oh, sorry, this isn't a good time. Yeah, like, totally. But like, well, I do, I don't know what I do. Sometimes I just say, oh, I'm under eighteen. Oh, that's <laughs> good. I do that. Like, I need to stop. I need to grow the fuck up. I do that when people come to the door trying to sell us windows or whatever. Right, right. Like, mum isn't in. Is there any- <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. <laughs> and when I go around my mum's house, like people still say like. Is your mum in? Oh, no, for real. Like, I answered the door last time for the 2000... Yeah, for this year's general election. I answered the door and she was like, oh, I'm just looking for registered voters. Are your mum and dad in? And I was like, I can vote. And she was like, oh, <laughs> oh, of course. Have you considered voting? And whatever. And it was just really funny. Like, Aww. um, But yeah, whatever. <laughs> Shouldn't be. That's a humble brag. Oh, I look yeah. so young. <laughs> no, yeah, so do I. So do everyone in our band looks like Yeah, you guys 16. look young. Like 25, You know, Dean thought Dan was, like, 18, like me. Really? Dean, and I was like, Dan has a wife. Like, Dan's a adult. Yeah. He's, like, 30. Like, he's old. Dan's 30. I can't get my head around that, but, like, it's really only four years older than me. Wow. Yeah, like, old. I'm 26 in October. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't say you look 26. I, don't, I think the conclusion to draw is that age is just a number unless yeah. you're a creepy old man <laughs> yeah totally at a certain point it becomes more than just a number yeah did you see the tweet that was like I hope all the pop punk musicians remember to wish their crushes good luck with their A level results yeah <laughs> that was so oh my good. god <laughs> that's awesome oh that made me laugh should, um, should we should we start the, yeah, the thing yeah so I guess the idea is that we kind of just chat about um, music that you grew up on and that you listen now and I particularly wanted to talk to you because I feel that, um, is it Get Bent? Yeah. Like, oh, it's yeah. specifically about not being embarrassed by music that you yeah. like. Yeah. And also, um, like, realising that the music you pretend to like to impress people actually is kind of shit. That's very cool. Brand new. What? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I spoke to Landy for ages about brand new. Really? Yeah. Is she a brand new fan? Yeah. That's interesting. But she was kind of, she was kind of came at an angle from she really liked it when she was younger. Yeah. And then she still likes it as a result. Yeah. But 
I don't like brand I, new. I wouldn't like them if I listened to them now, and the only album I like is their first album. But you said you appreciate brand new. Well, there's a line in a brand new song where he's bitching about his girlfriend and how she always wears makeup and how she doesn't even appreciate brand new. Oh, I see. So I was like, fuck right off. Like, you're like, it's such a shitty line. Oh, no one's ever seen you without makeup. Like, fuck off. Like, makeup, whatever. And like, it's just like, I do like, I don't know. It's just like, no one ever gets the girl's perspective. So I thought I would provide some. That's really cool. But I like that there's levels to that. Yeah, narrative levels. <laughs> um, I love like na- narration in my music and like levels and like concepts and stuff. Yeah. I think that's what that's that started with my chemical romance. I love concepts and stuff, and it's today like everything I listen to it has to have a concept. And I think I like writing in concepts. Yeah, I think you can tell. Yeah. Like it's, I think. It, like even the, it, I think maybe because the songs are often short, and you kind of got like really interesting structures and stuff. Like yeah. it all seems really concise. Yeah. Like all the songs are about a specific yeah. thing. Because I'll always write off an, one thing or an idea or a theme. I guess theme, and like usually that theme exhausts itself pretty quickly because it's so like. So then yeah, but I'm yeah. trying to work on dragging out songs. I've re- we've we've got. After this, I'm gonna go band practice, and we're rehearsing like three new songs. Awesome. And I think we can. I think we might be able to stretch like them to maybe like two minutes fifty nine. You know, like awesome. I'm excited. That's really cool. Because the rough demos are like two minutes, and that's that's for a rough demo. Usually, my rough demo is like forty seconds long, so it's really good to have some longer demos. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> at what point? Yeah, was there? At what, when did you write that song about not being embarrassed about music that you listen to? Uh, and at what point did it sort of occur to you? It was the second... So- I wrote it after Cinema so I was 17, I reckon. Late 17. Um, I was going to a, a school, like a lot of 17-year-olds do, and there was, the, there, there was this kind of sect in my year of these boys who went to banquet shows. It was in Ealing, so it was pretty close to Kingston. And, you know, loved Knuckle Puck and Brand New and Moose Blood and Story So Far. And, and I, I, they were the only kids people in my year who liked alternative music and so I thought well I'll be friends with them they did not want to be friends with me (laughs) so like that song's like my revenge song like like whatever like uh, I should have realized that I don't need to like um I don't need to pretend to I shouldn't be if someone doesn't want to be my friend then I shouldn't have to try you shouldn't have to try yeah you know what I mean you shouldn't have to like yeah, like, I guess... But when you're in school, it's, like, a whole different world and it's a lot smaller and you really have to just, like, spend so much time with people you would never spend time with once you're an yeah. adult. Like, so you kind of have to, like, endure it. But that's what that song's about. Awesome. Yeah. So what were you listening to? Like, or, like, can you... What was, like, the first thing that you were ever super into? Michael Romance, without awesome. a doubt. I rem- In fact, and I wrote this down in my notebook of notes, <laughs> um, I remember hearing... Uh, this is interesting, because I know you are not a big Danger Days fan, but that's because of our... I fr- reckon you were talking to Dean, and you were saying, oh, to Dean, Dean had a different experience from you because he uh, was older. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's the exact same, so, with, you know, it's six years difference. I started liking my Romance after they released their last album, Danger Days. Yeah. And I went and saw them the only time when they toured with Danger Days. So, like, that's my album. Even though I fully fucking admit there's, like, four songs on there that are awful. 
Like, Sing is the worst song I've ever heard. Like, Sing I... It for the Deaf. Like, what a lyric. Yeah. Like... It's kind of... I feel like that record jumped the shelf a bit. Shelf but a bit, rather. I don't agree, because I think Take Out a Few Duds, it's solid bangers, and it's so good. Like, if another band under another name, a new indie band, had released yeah. that record... I remember Joe Way saying this in an interview. If it wasn't them who had released that record... It would have been much bigger and much more well-received. That's interesting. I totally agree if in 2017 a small indie band released an album called Danger Days and this crazy stuff about, I don't know, comic book villains in the desert. Like, I think (laughs) we would eat that shit up. And I think it was ahead of its time. And not in a genius kind of way, but I just think that people... People weren't ready, man! (laughs) Yeah. I I, I totally get it. I think that's really cool that that's, like, your record. That is so my record. And I love Three Cheers Suit, Random Black Parade, and Bullets. I love them. But Danger Days, I remember hearing Nana Na for the first time, and it, it killed me. Like, I was like, I remember being like, what's this song called? Who sings this song? And my friend was like, it's Michael Cormance. And, like, that guitar solo, and like, the, <laughs> he said, fuck like a Kennedy in it. And I was like, wow, That's swear the word. sassiest delivery so as well. Oh, good. He really, and, like, he was a very flamboyant kind of front man. And even in 2011, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, effeminate kind of men that's it what was very i really butch, liked wasn't about it? it and the, well that really came out in three cheers he was super effeminate super like flamboyant and black parade was very theatrical and everyone else like the used and like whatever they were all macho they never washed their hair and shit but it were black it did, it did feel a bit like that yeah so I, that's why i liked it and then in danger days that that campness kind of went in a different way but in a in a in a very similar it stayed the same way but different as well if you know yeah. what I mean like in the Nana Na video there's a shot of him putting his jeans on or something and like a close up of his butt it's like, it's like Springsteen it's so Springsteen but it's like so like <laughs> man but it's like manly but it's really homoerotic as well and yeah. like, I, I was, like I was thinking about I was talking to Dean every, basically I keep referencing these chats I have with Dean but we were right. talking about that like all the people teams. we were super into were sort yeah. of like the more effeminate yeah. kind of rock singers well, and I, think, I don't know where that sort of came from I think you and Dina I don't know like I just think any person who plays is writes music in a band probably is going to be more of a sensitive person so they probably aren't attracted to like I don't know I don't know what a macho band is because I don't listen to any yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I think that makes sense I think that's I think, why I, think I was it's really it. cool in hindsight yeah. that sort of, no one was talking about it like nobody that. mentioned it nobody or talked it was about like, it it was like emo's pussies man yeah like, makeup man I guess that was a thing but like no one directly addressed it and no one talked about it and neither did they like no that's the thing that's, they acted yeah. like it was a huge shameful thing that Jared would sometimes like be do like be like sexy on stage everyone was like Ooh, but it's like if like now like power bottom fucking wore dresses and shit yeah i guess there's a difference but like it's crazy how in like six years music changed like it's it's that like that was a thing i've always been so fascinated by how like they acted like jared being a bit sexy was so shameful like that's crazy (laughs) i always (laughs) i always thought that line in i can't remember what song it is but it's um it's like i won't go down by myself but I'll go down for my friends oh, or something. Um, to the end. Yeah. Well, I always <laughs> thought it was, I won't go down on myself, but I'll go down on my friends. Oh, that's great. That should and be I the And I thought, line. I was like, whoa. Oh, and don't I look pretty walking down the street in the best damn dress I own? 
Is that my it, friend oh, cool. tried to tell me it was don't look at pretty walking down the street in the best damn tux I own, and I was like, oh, no. don't fucking try and straight <laughs> yeah. out Jared Way. It's best damn dress. I opened the lyric booklet in my little CD, and I was like, it's dress. Um, I remember also my friend was like. I was like, I don't get that lyric. Let's go down. This elevator only goes up to 10. He's not around. He's only looking at men. Like, why go down? The elevator only goes up to 10. And my friend was like, he was on a lot of drugs at the time. (laughs) I just remember like, but yeah, so Michael Carnes. No like one was my, ever chatting about that though. No like, one, there was no. I always. Any... I I thought it was like a thing people didn't talk about, and I'd talk about my friends. They'd be like, "Yeah, I wonder this too," but I'm glad other. It feels like everyone thought it, so that's yeah. nice. <laughs> and I'm glad that now in in emo and punk music, you can you cannot be a super straight person. Although most of it. Most of it still is. Is which is the. It's that we're caught up in our little liberal bubble. Our, yeah. The bands that we. But used I guess to like, like uh, but. Every time I leave the bubble, which I guess is more often than we used to, I, I just kind of get and see how bland yeah. and boring everyone is. Do you mean like when like you play at Reading or just play with? Oh yeah, but that was like, that was a really with. good example of it, I yeah. guess, because um, it was just everyone's so bland. It's just yeah. bands of dudes yeah. like doing the sort of masculine, masculine kind of strut. It just felt very. <laughs> Broy. I remember the one time I went to Reading, I saw the Arctic Monkeys at the main stage, and Alex Turner, when he wasn't singing in an interlude, stopped, got a comb, and combed his, leather, his oh, hair wow. back and his leather jacket. So I being found like, that period oh, so weird. The AM period. Yeah, I've never the, been the a big Arctic, Arctic Monkeys, Monkeys Renaissance. Yeah, I've never, I've never been totally into that. But I, liked, I remember, like the first record, I thought was like cool from afar. I loved that record, that first record, and I liked AM. I thought it was, good, but it was very bland radio pop, like. Yeah, I mean, like, I was never, I was never like invested enough to really yeah, okay. be disappointed by it. Just there was kind of, like, an indie movement in my school, my first school, an all-girls school, and we bring each other our CDs in and like burn them onto iTunes. Cool. So I got a lot of the Black Keys and a lot of Arctic Monkeys and a lot of the Kooks. And a lot of like the kills and try to think other stuff. Kills Some cool. stuff I didn't like, but yeah. So I, I have a little bit of an indie streak, but like I never liked the wombats or <laughs> or any of that. Thieves like wombats. Really, and she, um, I need to give him a chance. I never liked them. She took well, when we were at Reading. She was like, "Wombats playing over there. You want to come?" And I was just like, <laughs> "I want to hang out with Muncie girls in the VIP area." And then <laughs> I went, and I thought it was better than I thought it was oh, going to really? be. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. We get compared to bands like that and the kooks a lot, but, like, people... It's just because you're English. Yeah, but it's from people that, like, aren't... don't have any proper it's reference points. because you sing points. with an English accent. And it's also... Yeah, I guess... And it's, like, bouncy music. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get it. Guitar. Yeah, there's Guitar guitars. music. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Those are my favourite It's like reviews. we get compared to every single band in the world that has a female singer. And we sound nothing I like them. I can imagine that. But it's like, they sound just like Hopalong. And it's like... What? No, In what planet do you guys sound like Hopalong? I wish. That's cool, eh? Yeah. But, but not, not They sound like... I don't know. Like They sound like Charlie Bliss. And it's like, we have guitars and a few... But her vocals are completely different to mine. And like, we don't sound like Charlie Bliss. Like, they're, they're like a grungy kind of band. And we're not... Like, just fuck off. Yeah. Who, who, I, who I do you think Bliss. you sound like? Which is a question I couldn't ask, and I feel bad for asking. I don't know. Like, I think we sound a bit like... I think we sound like Martha. Cool. I wish we sounded like Martha. I think I think we sound like... I think we. I think you can tell that I like the Mountain Goats. Awesome, yeah. Um, 
I don't think you can tell like my chemical romance, but hopefully in the future, because I'll be yeah. for decades. <laughs> hopefully we'll release a concept album. The new fresh record with riffs. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm super. I'm super into encouraging Miles to, because James is a really riffy guitarist, and Miles is more understated. But I think he enjoys having this project where he gets to be like riffy. So. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. Because I guess he's playing chords in the other one. Yeah, well, yeah, Mirax well, like, is a actually, lot... Actually, he's very fiddly, isn't he? Yeah, it's kind of like... F- there's a new Mirax song that I think he played where he, like, does neck tapping. Cool. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, that's very emo and twiddly. So that's Ma- cool. He's... Mars is so talented. Yeah. It's like, crazy. to the point where I honestly can't think of anyone that I wish was getting, like, more praise than Mars. It's crazy how talented and understated he is. Like, yeah. He... I genuinely don't think he cares about what other people think when he writes his stuff and I think he just does it for him and like just to have fun and I think that's so great yeah totally like he I don't think he has an ego and I think most musicians do yeah and it's not a bad thing to have an ego but it's unusual to not have an ego (laughs) yeah no totally yeah um I just think he's really cool like he he's just great I remember how did it come about him I joining just the asked band. Him and he said, oh, yeah. cool! That's all right. And then, like, I started going over to his at Asbury Castle, and just like, we'd like jam the fresh songs for like four hours. Sick. And he like learnt them in two days or something. And then he started coming to practice. And now we're at what we're at, and I don't know, but yeah, it's great. It's awesome. nice. I really missed having another guitar. I hated playing as a three. It was. It did feel more natural. Didn't seeing like, it. like you in the middle. Yeah. I think the first <laughs> show you played was it the first show you played as a three that was with us. When. I can't remember, but I just remember being at a show and you guys setting up and you started playing like in the middle and Dan was like, well, if there's only three of us, it'd be a bit weird if you're like standing in front of That's me. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, oh, I remember, okay. I remember that too, but I don't remember what that was. I just remember that. And I remember <laughs> feeling like such a dick because Dan is always so nice and when he says stuff, and like calls me out on my bullshit. I always feel like such a dick because he caught me. But I wasn't doing it on purpose. No, yeah, totally. The minute I like realised, I was just, I was just so used to standing in the middle. Um, yeah, I didn't like being as three. It's just very empty. I like yeah. guitar. Saying that, I wouldn't want to ever be in the middle. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? We're talking about playing with a keyboard player at the moment. That's and, nice. Um, that might happen at some point, but I'd want to keep like the triangle. So where would the keyboard player be? I don't know, maybe like behind Neil or something. I That'd just don't cool. want to be... Yeah, like beside Neil or something. I don't want to be in the middle. I think that okay. would change the dynamics. No one wants to look at me when they can look at Phoebe. Oh, And that's not... You don't want to block Phoebe. She's such yeah. an interesting drummer to watch. She's totally. so happy. Like, a lot of drummers... Not many drummers... I think when drummers play, usually they're, they they need to concentrate and so they can't think about how they look or present themselves. But Phoebe can do both. Like, Dan I don't, is I don't really honestly, really... like... I don't... No, I don't think she I does it, like, she, consciously. Like, yeah, I just don't think she tries, like... Yeah, she's just good she enough to, to be able to not have enthusiasm. to, like, Yeah, like, she can... <laughs> yeah. And, like, Dan always looks really pissed off when he drums. No, Dan looks so happy oh, does the other he? Night. Oh, really? Oh, but that's because we were playing a special show. Yeah. But I think... Actually, I don't think this is true anymore. I think now that we play really good shows, but when he first started playing with us, I thought that he hated playing with us and that he was doing it, like, really grudgingly because, like... Pete, I'd look back at like shitty videos people have taken at the show, and he'd be just like, 
Oh, really, really, really not oh, pissed it off. It was but nice watching Dan because he was sort of just like he was contributing to the because your mics weren't working. Everyone yeah. was just screaming. Yeah, I, I like. I don't like it just being me and George talking either. I prefer. I prefer a nice mix. Yeah, I prefer totally. less talking because <laughs> the more free reign you're <laughs> given, you the more awkward yeah. it gets. You know but what I mean? If you don't talk, George, what? <laughs> it's so true. You know, like I've got to keep the dynamic. You know, because I don't want. George, I don't want any one person to be the one who talks, and it's nothing to do with George. Like if if Miles starts talking loads, I'd have to be like Miles, but he wouldn't. Um, so yeah. Where, where did you go after that? Uh, then? Well, then like I got was... into Green Day. I remember we went to Spain, and uh, I was really bored. And my parents like drove off, like they like drove us to visit a cave in Spain. Cool. And I was like, oh, sit in the car. So I, like, sat in a boiling hot car in Spain, <laughs> and, like, the only CD that was in there was a CD I just picked yesterday just because I liked the album artwork, and it was Dookie. Oh, and I cool. put it in, and I played it, and I was like, what the fuck, this is the best album in the world. Like, it was, like, perfect for, like, really hot, baking hot weather. Yeah. Like, stoner, just amazing. Like, I'd never heard drums like that before. And that's still one of my favourite albums. So I remember Green Day. From there, I listened to American Idiot, and I liked it. I still prefer Dookie, but I love American Idiot. And the other albums are good too. Like, I like Insomniac. That's quite a good album. I really like Insomniac. I feel like it's Oh, Nimrod. I feel like Nimrod is good as well. Nimrod's great, but I think the first half is too long, man. The second half is kind of shit. King of Her Day isn't that good. I really what were they like thinking? that song. <laughs> what were these? Horn? <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I, it's funny because then, like, now we're talking about Green Day's cross-dressing song. We're just like, not good. Oh yeah, fuck! I <laughs> forgot what it was about. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. Here we are talking about how we wish there were more of that, and we stamp out the one attempt this macho band make. To, did, you, did you think Green Day were macho? Se- yeah. I wasn't. Sh- well, I, I think it's like vibe. I think it's like how Narwhals now aren't really macho, but all their fans are. Do you know what I mean? I feel like interesting. I feel like. I don't want to talk shit about narwhals. I don't. I love narwhals. Okay. In fact, I did write that narwhals were kind of a formative band for me because when I turned eleven, so like the second wave of my music love. Cool. Narwhals, Sorority Noise, Modern Baseball, The Front Bottoms, Kimya Dawson, and Elvis Presley were. Wow, my, we just got them all out. That was my roster. <laughs> awesome. Um, and I, I I skated a lot, and I would listen to all of that. Sick. And so I love narwhals, but I was always very aware of. Uh, just, I mean, they're an all three bro punk band and that's great. So I just always felt like as a, as a person who's always thinking about myself, I was always like, where do I fit in in this? Yeah. Like, you know, and going to shows, I think they, they attract a lot of, a lot of young male fans who like to mosh and punch you in the face. Um, I, I, I once got like trampled at one of their shows. I thought I was going to die. Oh, God. Like, I thought it was the end. And like, it, I'm really glad I didn't die. But I love novels. I've always loved novels. They just, they're just so good at writing. Like with Green Day, they're just good at writing. How did you find out about novels? I had a friend at school uh, called Charlotte who was like, who got me into modern baseball and novels. I loved them both. At what point, like, what, what record did they have out? Uh, well, I, they, this would have been just before they released their first album, oh, cool. Skateboards Around the Faces, but I didn't listen to that. I listened to the Fun Employed and Crew EPs, yeah. which are the best. Um, I love them. I got really into those. Yeah. So. They're just, they're like, it's the same kind of thing with Dookie, where it's just really good, like, fun riffs and, like, really concise, nice lyrics. Like, I think you, like, 
whatever it comes down to that's what I'm always looking out for like that kind of just good fun interesting stuff no yeah. I can definitely see that I think Tom's a really great songwriter oh yeah he is and like he's a good he's a fucking amazing guitarist as well yeah and true. as a three they're just they just have such a good uh, concept like they have that, a, they have that's a, the they thing, have a like, thing they have a, they've, they've totally like taken the branding yeah, all the way <laughs> they, they, they're so carefree they probably have anxiety just like me but they don't sh- you know when i listen to their songs about skating around with your shirt off and smoking weed i'm like yeah <laughs> and that's why i love them like i think it's cool that they project that and uh, that does attract bros but like there's nothing inherently wrong with a bro as, as long as they aren't disrespectful <laughs> i don't mind a bro from now and then <laughs> You know, <laughs> I kind of want to be a bro. Your, I want to read your essay on the pros and cons thesis. of the bro. <laughs> I like I like the idea of girls reclaiming bro culture. So I like wearing lots of backwards baseball caps, and I like I like that's a cool. Yeah, idea. I, I like doing it, and I want to do it more. Um, I, I did go through a dresses phase for a while, but I've kind of stopped that now. And I want to. I've got some vans. I wore some vans to your house today. Cool. Um, yeah. So our vans, bro. Yes. I, I mean, I'm wearing them, so they're cool. Yeah, so yeah. Don't worry. But um, yes, I think there's that meme of the picture of the vans with the rolled up chinos. Oh, I like that. And it's like, I just want to drive around at night and listen to Turnover with you. Yeah. So just bro. And there's nothing wrong with being a pop punk bro, as long as you don't disrespect anybody. But often, being a pop punk bro and disrespecting people overlap. Yeah. That's why. There's nothing inherently wrong with either, but... Well, no. Fuck. There's a lot wrong with disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing inherently wrong with, like, listening to that kind of music. It's just that a lot of people who do listen to it are dickheads. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame, because it kind of ruins it for, for It does. And that's why, and that's why, like, I, I often... Yeah. And, like, I love Noel, so I'm, we're playing with them in September. Cool. On the second, I think in Brighton, I'm really excited. I kind of—that's why I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping to to connect with these bro fans. I'm hoping to say hello, fellow bros. <laughs> it's me, <laughs> a bro. You need to, you need to wipe yeah. off on your your bro, uh, your my, bro chat. My 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 slang. I need to learn their language, essentially. Yeah. But I'm really excited. Like, I'm. I, cause <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm just really because I look up to them a lot. I love that band and like no, yeah, totally. They're, they're the, it's it's one of those bands and I don't have many where I liked them before I knew them and now I know them and I'm like wow they're people and they know, and you know we're friends, so it's cool to have those bands. Um, That's the strange thing about what DIY stuff. Yeah, I definitely had that because I only really met everyone once. Who was I... who was one of those things for you? Oh, for bands me. I didn't know. For that me, I knew. it would be Narwhals. Um, yeah, you go. I'll think some more. I was so into Great Cynics. Oh yeah. <laughs> like around their second record. Really. That I just I had I when like I belong came out. Yeah. And I can't remember where it was I went to see them because they were playing with Narwhals. Oh okay. And um, I didn't really know that much about Narwhals at the time, and I just thought I'd go because mm. I can't remember what the con- me and Neil went and I watched Great Cynics and then got that record and I just thought it was the greatest thing that I'd heard. Yeah. And so I just, we, we, from that point, we were just going to every Cynic show that's that we could. That's and then cool. obviously, like, it's really funny thinking about how I thought about Giles then. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, Giles. I know, actually, but, like, Giles especially, because Giles is Giles. So there's a, Great Cynics is very much a projection, more of his personality. Except for the songs that Iona wrote, which are very much her. Yeah. Um, 
So I guess narwhals and also shit present by extension because I remember, I, like, it's so strange because you can track essentially how fresh got to know everyone through when I put the Gooing Trim EP out, I cold sent an email to shitpresent gmail.co.uk like, I just got your band, I really like you, we play a show together. And I only replied like, I like your band. Do you want to open for us on the 19th of December? That's so at cool. Lunches? And then we showed up and that's where Andrew and Kay were there because obviously they put the thing out and they were like, nice to meet you, we liked your set. Keep us up to date. And I was like, okay. And like, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. From, yeah. like, it's from, from like point one. Single, and I can, I save, I think I have that email in a folder somewhere. So like, obviously not in a real folder, like printed out, that'd be weird. But like I can, so like it's weird that I can track that. So like Iona hearing anxious type and then meeting her and she was so cool. And they like rolled up in, all, in that yellow Wonows van. That's like, really, just sorry to like yeah. chime in, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's really like mind blowing to me that like the beginning of your sort of DIY <laughs> punk journey was post anxious type. Yeah, that's it. That's where it started. Oh, when I was 17, like this is funny team. as well. When I was 17, I went and saw Joyce Manor at the Fighting Cocks. Cool. Um, it was an 18 plus show, but Fighting Cocks is notoriously the only venue that does an ID. So I went there because um, I loved Joyce Manor and Cynic supported. Cool. And Sorry. I remember <laughs> listening. Uh, I don't remember anything of their set except that I remember I, only, I remember being like, oh, I know it looks sad. That girl looks sad playing the bass. Oh, man. Yeah, but it's weird to know that that they became so important to me but I saw and that uh, a year later but a year ago when I saw them I yeah I didn't and yeah I I really like watching like I saw Shit Present the last show they did and it was such a good I love I thought it was so cool because like compare like just Iron is just killing it I hope that's not like weird to say but like it's it's completely like different energy to how she was in Cynics yeah like that's the thing she uh, I don't know but she was more reserved in Cynics and like it's great to see her as a front woman I think she belongs as a front woman and like it's and that's why I think I've I, I have more of an affiliation to Shit Present than Great Cynics musically just because personally from where Fresh is but like yeah I could watch Shit Present for days and I, I hope I get to see them loads um yeah they're the best oh awesome like so that that was the third wave of my music when I started conf- confusing music and friends yeah. That's when it gets weird. So where did it go from there? Did you get, like, more... Yeah, so after that... We... DIY office. Yeah. <laughs> well, after, well, after that, we played a show also in Power Lunches. We played Power Lunches, like, four times in, in a month before it shut down. Power Lunches is such a great place. Such a great place. And um, we played there, and we met a band called Sad Blood. And oh, then nice. I met Dan and George. <laughs> and they were like, do you want to do a weekender? And we did a weekender. And I remembered that Andrew and Kay and said, keep me updated. So I cold emailed them and said, hey, we're planning a tour, but I've never booked a tour before. It's just gonna be like four dates, weekender, and they were like, "Oh, okay." And they sent me like uh, James from Sort of Lonely. They sent me all these contacts, really? yeah. And they they oh, cool. they sent me all the contacts, and I emailed Facebook all these people. And it's just like a web, and it grows out. And we played Exeter that That's time, really funny, and they came to that. Knowing <laughs> how close you are with James and those guys now. Yeah, we, they're like our best friends, and like I remember that time we came to Exeter. This. The, I, I, I'd listened to the special subject roster and I liked I kind of knew who they were at this point and I knew and I liked Who's the label sorry? Andrew and Kay oh cool yeah so like I was kind of a bit more ooh by them because I knew they ran a cool label and I just wanted to you know just you know like I wanted to stay stay in touch with them because I thought they're good people to just be friends with band wise like and I remember like reaching out my hand to shake Andrew's hand and then realising that's not cool and going and doing like a 
hair thing like back and and he didn't notice and then George went did you just try to shake Andrew's hand oh, oh, it was awful I was so embarrassed yeah um, and uh, I met Rory Matthews' girlfriend Calypso and I got really drunk and I called her Capri Sun that's all I remember oh shit that's a fair bar. yeah <laughs> was that was, so did they give you that show there yeah they put that show that's I was cool. the cabin it's good. I haven't been back since, but we're going on our tour, which is next month. We're going to Cavern. Oh, cool. So that'll be nice. I'm excited for that. But yeah, once once music and friends starts to mix, it gets so awkward and you end up like... It's lovely, but like there is the part at the beginning where like because you love their music so much or you like their their label where you're just like going to bed after me after you know at the end of the day and being like oh why did i say that i do that so much yeah, man, it's the worst that's my least favorite part about yeah. that about playing with bands a, i like it is a part like after the joyce manor show i was like oh i like had to analyze every second of it and i, I did that like, i did that too <laughs> and i'm glad i stopped myself for doing it for the unreleased show um because it's made it better and i shouldn't have done it for joyce manor because now i'm convinced that i'm an idiot but yeah it's a weird situation to be in yeah because i think when you play a show like it's a very exposed thing to do yeah you're vulnerable totally and you're like it's it's difficult to separate yourself from the music you're playing yeah so it's just like this is the best i've got to offer and then you wait for these <laughs> people. It's my heart. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the best play. I can do yeah. combined with like my most inner stuff. Oh, and then yeah. people in bands that you really like, uh, you're just like, oh, I wonder what the fuck they're going to say. Yeah. And yeah. And like, it can never live up to what you want. No, that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. And once you realise that, it's nicer and the fact we play with Joyce Manor is great and now I'm just trying to be like we play with Joyce Manor I love Joyce it's Manor done. it's done that's great right what a great thing we did onwards <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I wish I didn't waste so much time like stressing I'm trying not to I'm trying to stop like, myself I now I don't care about now because I don't want to spend my 20s stressing like uh, this has to be a better decade you know <laughs> yeah totally. I can't do it like it's not gonna help like uh, yeah like and it's it stop it stops you from being creative and it stops you from everything so you just got to put it aside. Yeah, so, I think yeah. it's just like trying to refocus back on that it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, exactly. Which like, is so easy to lose track on. Dan and George always say to me, which is always good. But I remember the Bristol show with you guys. We played on the first day of. I was really nervous because the last show we played in Bristol, no one came. Like oh, really? we just played to empty rooms, so I was nervous because I just was nervous it wasn't gonna be i just wanted the weekender with you guys to go well and this was the first show and it would set a precedent so i was nervous yeah, yeah. and george was like look like why are we doing this why do we have a band and i was like it's for fun and he was like exactly and it's just <laughs> like that's the thing they always say so yeah oh that's cool that yeah. bristol show is one of my favorite shows we've played <sighs> so even though neil wasn't there it was yeah just yeah i don't know that was really fun that was really fun it's it yeah I think the first shows of tours and runs and weekenders are important. I think they set precedence. So, yeah. But I don't I don't think... So I do get anxious for the first one. Like, I'm a bit worried because at, originally for our tour, our first show is in Southampton and that's like a stronghold for us. Yeah. But it's been changed to the last date or something. I can't remember. It's so been changed. the first one? It's a kind of a Jesus and his judgmental father stronghold. Ooh, that's cool. Which is cool, but I, I don't... Yes, but... Uh, yeah... 
I just kind of hoped that our first show for a long longer tour would be a kind of a mate show to build up our confidence, but it's how, not going to be. How many shows is it? Thirteen or something. Wow, that's a for a UK tour. That's sizable. Yeah, for us it's sizable. Like before this, it's we've only done four dates our longest. Run. Really, that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and here I am talking about being jaded. Yeah, <laughs> everyone must hate me. <laughs> I think it's very different when you do long ones. I can't wait to find. But out. at the same time, like you'll get to like you'll get past the longest one you've ever done and it'll still feel like the beginning oh okay <laughs> do you know what I mean like, yeah it's just all context yeah and yeah and it's yeah we'll be fine it'll be definitely fun. yeah yeah that's uh, <laughs> really cool so like where does the mountain goats fit into that so I feel, yeah the mountain yeah. goats are like a, blo- a blip compared to everything that seems else very like off brand does and you know ryan when he was interviewing me for my kerrang interview said the exact same thing he was like mountain goats that sticks out it's like i don't know if it sticks out i think i think the front bottoms especially are yeah. like diet mountain goats the front bottoms <laughs> are, I, I feel like the front bottoms are really interesting like influence wise because they've got yeah. i think like on the surface they're just kind of a pop punk band but then they've got like thermals lyrics in there thermals like, uh do you know about the thermals no Oh, it's so good. You guys, this Thermals record. I'll send it to you after. Okay, okay. <laughs> there's, <laughs> a, like there's a From Bottoms band. inspirational lyric. What's the lyric? Tell me. No, um, it's that, I am not a dirty guy. Is that from them? That's a Thermals lyric. That's crazy. And there's Built to Spill, that. like, references in What's the From Bottoms sp- stuff. Oh, my God. And, like, all these really cool, like, not pop punk, but yeah. kind of sort of, I guess, well, indie uh, bands, but indie in the sort of, like, American way. Yeah, like the the fir- the, re- the self titled record is such a Violet Femmes yeah totally feel doesn't it? But then the, Town the, of the Hawk they became like a pop punk band. Yeah. Not in They've not gone, in how they sounded, was... just in in how the people who liked them again, like with like with how I was saying about like you can't choose who likes your music. They just got lumped in as a pop, and I don't I've never found them a pop punk band. I don't think they are. I yeah I don't know. Well, that sounds to like Paramore's label now, right? Yeah, if you're by Ramen. Which is the Which same is label that like had All thing. Time Low and Panic at the yeah. Disco and Fall Out Boy. But I tell you what, like, we um, we we went to their show in Leeds. Yeah. And um, um, our friend Esther was doing merch for Apologies I Have None, who were on that tour. Yeah. And then um, she was just like, oh, yeah, you can go and sit on a couch they have on the stage. And we were <laughs> like, oh, cool. So we just spent, like, the second half of the show just watching the, like, from the stage. Yeah. With, like, all these lights on the crowd or whatever. Yeah. And it is very cool that so many young people are so died hard. Yeah. And I don't know, like, if the they would have had that yeah. if they weren't on Fuel by Ramen. Oh, totally. Or gone down the pop it's punk what, route. It's what they needed to expand. And, like, when I interviewed Brian, and oh, cool. it got to the point he said where literally people would order vinyl records or CDs and uh, Barnon Records, that was their previous label, yeah. they literally couldn't <laughs> fill the demand. They couldn't. That's like, like they, the, that's they, the classic. Yeah. The like, classic indie label. Ma- it sounded, maybe he was just humble bragging to me. But yeah, literally, like they, there weren't enough vinyl for the people who wanted them. That's all like, that's all like Green Day. Like, do you hear like Green Day like signed, no. got off Lookout or like signed to a major know. and they're like, oh yeah, man, well, we sold like 100,000 copies of Kaplunk. <laughs> and then like, or something stupid like that and then it's like and the label just couldn't keep up and I can kind of believe that but imagine being on like a DOI label and it's selling a hundred thousand copies of Kaplunk even for now even 
I hope I haven't got that, that figure would, really wrong. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a crazy number, but even for now, like that would be enough for a musician in 2017 in London, maybe, to quit their job. Yeah, totally. That's crazy. Well, they were touring the UK in like 91. Oh my God, that's so much money if you think of inflation. Think of what 100,000 was back then in 91. Yeah. That's so much money. Even if it wasn't 100,000, it was like something. That's crazy. Sorry, I can't get over that. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot of money. <laughs> when you're on the... <laughs> Catherine is obsessed with money on this podcast. <laughs> we really are. Well, yeah, like, it's a reality. I'm in it for the money, band. guys. Like, before Rich turned on the mics, I was just, like, pointing at you, like, how much does that cost? How much does that cost? <laughs> I would never tell. Yeah. Um, it is a reality, and it's fun, it's fun looking back, because, like, looking, being a fan of music now when you're in a band is very different, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It was um, well on the when last time when me and Dean at the risk of talking about Dean again, we're talking about like even My Chemical Romance and that they had like wireless yeah, packs. Yeah, you said that. I remember. And it's it just like thinking about how much money you'd <laughs> yeah. have. Not that's... not but like because they had wireless packs. Because realistically, they're probably not that much money. But no, just but to it's be playing just the like whole like thing, like they had a bus. Yeah, totally. Like that's fucking crazy. Like. It's a different world, isn't it? Is it? A different it's like world. you're you go into a professional entertainer. Yeah. Whereas like at the moment, and I debate this to myself a lot, mm. it's just like when promoting our band or when like communicating online, mm. how much of it is this about me and how much about of this is this about other people? Yeah. And it's a weird balance where like I feel like and DIY music gives you the platform to like do things before mm. anyone cares. Yes. But then what are you doing that for? Because are you just doing it for mu- like when we play in an empty venue in Sheffield? Yeah. That's for us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like no yeah. one's. A, it's yeah. not. It's not for anywhere else. Where I think you hit a stage and you're just like people love this and yeah. you're like giving a public service. That's the difference. DIY do it yourself because you're doing it for yourself. Kind of, yeah, which is also valid. It's yeah. just like It's just that that, that it's not a jo- it's a job when you're at Michael McCormick stage. Even yeah. if it's still your or love even a, like passion, it's a job. Yeah, or it, anyone that's got a bus basically. Yeah. Or anyone that's yeah. getting like s- serious money. Look, if I can sleep on a bus when I'm cruising around warp tour with my friends, <laughs> uh, I that's my job. <laughs> and I want I want music to be my job just because I love it so much. But maybe it's different when it's a job. Yeah. I don't know if I want it to be a job. Oh, I, I think do. I did for a long time. Really? And I feel like it's not going to make me happy. <laughs> wow, that's really... That's like a huge thing to realise. I really want it to be a job because I'm, I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> I d- highly doubt that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can't... Yeah. I can't think of anything else that's... Like, what other job lets you drink beer and hang out with your friends? Like, <laughs> that's one way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, we sort of got off the mountain gates. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember the first song I ever listened to from that, and it was The Lion's Tooth, and it's a song from their album, The Sunset Tree. Cool. But it's so weird with The Mountain Goats because it's such a cult of the author. Like, it's literally yeah. like John Darnell. John, like, like, that's all it is. Like, it's not a band. It's this one person. It's, like, who is, like this like writer and like it's so crazy i think there's something incredible about the way he writes he writes so simply but and he and his delivery i think his delivery makes it as well yeah it feels really theatrical doesn't it it's so it's so amazing like that that album um 
the song Broom People from the record The Sunset Tree, when you're like 15 and like going through really bad times, like it just, it, I, it, I really clung onto that whole album because that's a concept album about his relationship with his stepfather oh, cool. who was really abusive when he was growing up. And it's just an album about that. And like, it's, it's, I think, and he said it in an interview, he was like, that's the album I was put on this earth to make, which he's, wow. uh, when he says stuff, he sounds so, such like, it's like such a pretentious dickhead, but I agree nah, with him. I'm, I'm all like, about pretentious. <laughs> look, like I, I am rolling my eyes as I say this, but he is a poet and I don't even care. Like, yeah, like totally. he, he's there's something about the way he uses words that kills me and I'm I've always cared more about lyrics than melody I don't give a shit about melody um (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally and when I write songs um the melody is always comes anyway I never have to worry about the melody it's the lyrics I will worry about because like the lyrics are the important bit for me but I know like but obviously I love it when you know you know I like a good riff but (laughs) it's not it's not important the lyrics are important um, that's really cool. Yeah. I, have you read his, his? I've read one book. Of yeah. His. So I've read I've read Wolf in White Van and, and his new book Universal Harvester just came yesterday at my house. Oh, nice. And I'm saving it for tour because yeah. reading is a great thing to do when you're on tour because you're so bored. Uh, and he also wrote a little book, a novella. It's like literally like 50 pages long, uh, called Master of Reality, and it's oh, about the Black, the Black Sabbath, Sabbath album. And it's just like an, hom- an homage to like that album and I I listened to the album as I read it for the first time and now I love that album <laughs> I really I really like the um story of that because it's amazing it's in like I've not read the story I, I mean oh, so I'll lend it to you I've got it oh cool yeah thanks okay <laughs> um but it's one of those um I can't remember it's part of these little books that just yeah, kind of tell a story yeah. about and the, the book. all these musicians write about the favorite album they write a story about the favorite album but no, he's the only one that wrote a story Oh really? Everyone else just kind of tells the story. I of thought the it was album. all. Oh, I thought. It, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, which is why it's so cool. And you know, that's oh, like that's what I do when I get an album. I write. I like to imagine really? stories awesome. and scenarios in my head. If an album doesn't have a clear concept, I'll make it goddamn yeah, concept. Yeah. And like, if an album does have a concept, I'll build on the concept. Like I've always been. Su- it's because I read a lot. Until until I was like thirteen or fourteen, I had no interest in music at all, and I just read and read and read. And I stopped reading for like two years once I discovered music. But now I do both and it's great. And I think I'm always into narratives and like stuff like that. So like that's what I'll do. And like I just and that's and that's what John Darnell does. That's his thing. Yeah. And he does that perfectly. And I I I only read Wolf and White Van once and I need to reread it maybe. But it's not my favourite book in the world. I prefer Most Reality. And I'm excited for his new book. I don't know how I feel about him as an actual fiction writer. I think yeah. I prefer him as a songwriter, but I have to, I've suspended judgment for a I, bit. Yeah, I feel like I haven't, I feel like I need to read Wolf in a White Van again. To be fair, if you've got to read it again, critically like, analyze come on. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're a good writer, kind of, you know what I mean, I though? Like, it feels a bit like... You don't get I it don't, the first time round. Yeah, but I think I think he's being like deliberately obtuse. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, he doesn't tell you anything, and then I think it's one of those ones that you need to read again. That's the thing with his albums. To sort of, like, understand like, what's going he had on a, completely. He had a trend with, like, All Hell West Texas, Full Force Galesburg, a few others. He had a trend of, at the bottom, putting what the album was about, so like oh, I cool. can tell you what it says for the full first Galesburg because it's my 
screensaver. Oh, so nice. it says 16 songs about people whose good intentions are having exactly the outcome you might have predicted if you weren't such a damned optimist, which makes no sense. And then All Hell West Texas is like 12 songs about a motorbike, um, seven people, and a locked boy's adolescent treatment facility or something. So he's oh, clearly cool. got concepts, but he's so vague about them and you hear him hints in line. So it's the perfect kind of setting for me because my brain likes to build up everything around. So he just gives you enough. Yeah. And then you fill in the gaps, which is great. That's why I think the Mountain Goats are one of my favourite bands of all time. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so that's why I <laughs> that's came to That's all I wanted to say. I'm reading... I just want everyone to listen to them. They're the best band in the world. <laughs> Uh, their latest album is not my favourite though <laughs> yeah I can get it <laughs> I think John Daniel with that guitar it. it's oh Beat the Chub is so yeah. good I love it I love it like and I saw them that's the only time I've ever seen them I saw them for my 19th birthday in Brighton at the Comedia you know the, oh, cool. the cinema place with like, the stars on the ceiling oh, it's gorgeous I'd love to play it and like it was one of the best shows of my life it was amazing like it, it's I've just never had a bad time with the mountain goats, you know, like they're oh, just cool. they're my safe place Like I love them a bit like my chemical romance, but in a very different way Yeah, I can see that yeah. I can see how there's the there's, there's enough of a world like around both of those that you yeah. can sort of dive in Yeah Which I think is something really cool about bands that's underutilized. That's I think bands have Have forgotten how to do that and I think we need more of that. Bands aren't as adventurous as they used to be 10 years ago. I really think so. Like, Is that is that is something that you're thinking like, about like for the next Fresh record? Oh, I want to so bad. But the thing is, when you when you have pretentious and grand ideas, there's further to fall. And, you know, I don't want to look like an idiot. But that's like, if John Darnell had been worried about that when writing Beat the Champ, what am I going to do, write a whole album about professional wrestling? Oh, people laugh yeah. at me. Well, of course, some people laugh at you, but then seventy percent of people are gonna think it's the best record in the world because it is. Um, yeah. So, like, you've just got to kind of you can't. Yeah, that's where it's not. A whole thing. That's where I think not hanging your life on your band oh, allows really? you to like. That's interesting. I'm not saying that from experience. I'm yeah, saying sure. hypothetically. I think I don't get the impression that he's ever wanted to be like a, not, pop, a famous musician. He's not beholden to the audience. Or like, yeah, totally. He just does what he wants, and oh. it's just like it's more it's more like making art than it is making That's so the second album. That's so interesting. I think you're right. It's. It's scarier. Well, to I think do that's it's that good though. that I'm doing the band at the time of my life now, where I don't necessarily need a job. Like I, I don't have a rent to pay. You know. Yeah. Like I can afford to dedicate my time to it, which is good. That, so yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm cool. gonna, I wish I was in a band like at uni, like. I'm gonna a roll. With, band, I'm gonna rather. like profit out of that the most I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I think because I think. I can afford to be creative right now. I think that's what comes down to. Like, yeah. So. That's awesome. I'm glad I'm doing a degree because I like what I'm studying. And I I guess having an office job related to that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And like having a nine to five and then having a band, loads of people do it. So I can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's not worth planning for yet. Yeah. And Dan has a nine to five and he always, like, I remember the first weekend we did in January, that weekend of the special subject help us plan. I was having so much fun. And like, the last day I was like, I don't want to go home. And he was like, well, you know, I was like, I don't want to go back to, I think I was working at my school at the time, work. And he was like, well, you know, work's great in a way because like, you don't know how much fun you're having if you don't have anything to compare it to. So that's a good point. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Nice. Um, I guess, how long are we going? <laughs> 
like an hour oh, wow. over an hour i think an hour 10 i did want to say i always feel guilty now when people in interviews ask me about my influences growing up that i don't really name any bands that aren't guys and i do feel guilty Ooh, about the, my favorite songwriter is a man a white cis man straight man um well, let's talk about I've got a female lot of guilt. musicians then. Well, I mean, like my. What are you listening to now? That's kind of okay. where we ended yeah. up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like my musical, my my first wave of music was all guys, and so was my second wave essentially. But so my formative music years were all guys, but since I've become just more aware, and like, like, Hop Along, like they're like such oh, a amazing. fucking amazing band, like. Her vocals are fucking incredible. Like, she can do stuff that is crazy. And, like, her... I don't know who writes lyrics. I assume it's her. She's singing them. They're sick. So. Yeah. Like, they're amazing. They're so... They're very kind of mountain goatsy, actually. Like, very detail-orientated, geographically orientated. I remember the first time I heard Hopalong was <laughs> Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 had a podcast. And on the Christmas special, he interviewed a band. And he was like, we're going to talk to Hopalong from their studio, from their, their recording of their second album, which will be out in a, in a year, called Paint and Shut. And uh, we're going to talk to them. And they interviewed them. And then they played, I think, The Waitress from the other album. Paint and... I can't remember what the other album was called. It's the one with the trees around the side. The, the Waitress is on the... The uh, second one. What's the one? Get disowned is the first record. Yeah, get disowned. What the one that's like? Oh, Tibetan. Tibetan pop stars. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. And um, I just remember thinking this band are weird. Like that's the cool. So, that's my favorite that's, thing about Hop Along. That's crazy. Like I want that. I want people to listen to it and be like, "This is weird. I haven't heard this before." I think it's just one of those things like. I think it's with Hop Along. I find where it for the first the hooks don't get me on the first like two I know, listens. Oh right, yeah. Or that, maybe even longer than that. I just remember listening to Get Zone over and over again because everyone was so hyped about it and just being like, I I haven't got it yet. Like I didn't yeah. understand it. And then at a certain point, yeah, shit just totally. clicks and you're just it's, like, it's the greatest. It's thing crazy because once you get the hooks, you're like, how did I not see this song for yeah. what it was before? But it is really hard to get into, and it's really weird. But I, the only reason I became to love them i didn't really listen to them after listening to that interview and that song until a year later when the album page shut came out and i listened to probably the most accessible song on that track which is powerful man yeah and i was 18 at the time and i was just like ah i can you know it's got that i was 18 lyric and like it it tells a really really interesting story and it's got a concept there's another yeah another favorite thing of mine um and like I and then after that I li- I liked Sister Cities that has a has a bang and jam in it and then like uh, Texas Funerals re- like so I, you kind of just work your way into the it's the like you when you're getting into in. a pool you start in the shallow end you keep going Take so like, I kept going until the songs that at one point if I if I listened to them first having having never heard that so- the band before I would have backed away immediately but because I was used to it you can go further in. And it's really interesting. I love bands that are challenging to listen to like yeah, that. Yeah, it's more rewarding, isn't it? Because so once rewarding. you get past it, like I feel like you've earned it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and the the problem with being a music fan and having your own band is that you always bring it back. You're like, my band should do this, but like, I, but like you know, like your band can't be everything. Your band can't be a weird, crazy, beautiful lyric band that are enigmas, and your band also can't be a fun. Punk band. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't you it? You know, like you, you, in a way, I I really want to be more of a music fan and less of a musician. Um, it's hard. I'm not a musician. Separating. Fuck that. But like, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I I 
I want to be more of a music fan in, for the rest of 2017 and 18. <laughs> that's really cool. It's my goal. That That's my 20s goal. I have a lot of 20s goals since I turned 20. I've had a bit of a crisis. Music and fan. Been, yeah, and I've been like, be more of a music fan. What's the other thing? Stop it's like you, when you stop found all comparing stuff yourself really... to other bands. Stop comparing your band to other bands. That's a big one. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think it's because, like, you don't, until until you start doing band stuff, like, you are just a music fan. Totally. That's why and we're all doing it. fucked how it becomes so easy to not be. It's really, it's sad that you can become jaded. Yeah. Like, there are days where I don't want to listen to music. Yeah, me I, too, actually. That's good, because that's why podcasts exist. But, yeah. But, yeah. Everyone gets that. Yeah, no, I think so. <laughs> All right, cool. I guess I guess that's it. That was yeah, fun. That was fun. That was like long and tangenty. That was deep. Like how I like <laughs> some deep shit. Yeah, that was cool. Um, all right. Okay. Thank you. Well, <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> da, 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 da. Happy accidents. <laughs>